0: Good morning, everyone. Special welcome to the visitors who are with us this morning. It's good to have you here. For devotional this morning, I'd like to take a few lessons from the life of David. And most of that's found in 1 Samuel. At least the part I'm going to be going over um, Maybe first I'll just go over some of the timeline timeline of David's life and then we'll get into a few more details as we go along. So David was the youngest of eight sons and he was anointed by Samuel to be the next king, probably around the age of 15, maybe 17, somewhere in there. And after that he was anointed to be the next king he went and played music for Saul and then later he went on to defeat Goliath and after that he joined the army there and sort of became a national hero. Later on he married King Saul's daughter and then after Saul died he became king there in Hebron and then As time went on, he had more battles with the rest of Saul's army, and eventually he became king over the rest of Israel as well. And then after that, he made Jerusalem the capital of Israel. He set up a tabernacle in Jerusalem. Then there was a time where he committed adultery and murder, and later was forgiven for it. And he set up the tabernacle worship. Which was carried over into the temple worship later. He drew up plans for the temple and got ready to build it, but then God told him not to. And then, in the towards the end of his life, he turned the kingdom over to his son Solomon. He appointed him to be the next king. So the first record we have of David and um, the story about him is when King Samuel came to anoint him to be king, and that's in 1 Samuel 16. Now we have reference to David previously. I believe it's in chapter 13. This is... um, In chapter 13, when Samuel is talking to Saul, it says, talking of Saul, that now thy kingdom will not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. So it almost makes it sound like the Lord had already spoken to David at that point, because we know the man after God's own heart was referring to David. So way back when when Saul had first transgressed, then Samuel is saying that God already commanded someone else to be king. So it makes it sound like it probably wasn't a surprise for David when he became anointed as king a few years later, or however long it was. And then in chapter um, Chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, it talks about when um, when Samuel went to anoint him to be king. And you all know the story there how he went to the house of Jesse and all the sons passed before him and he wonder if there's any other sons. Yeah, David's out in the field. And then one thing that um, that stood out to me is that after he was anointed king and later on then when he comes to play for David, or sorry, when he comes to play for play the harp for Saul. Um, Some of Saul's servants suggested to Saul that he find someone to play music for him. So Saul asked if there is anyone. And the reply was that there's, they have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, Bethlehemite, that is cunning with playing, a mighty, valiant man, a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. That's quite a testimony for a 15-year-old or how old he was at the time. It says he was a mighty man of valor, prudent in matters. And then it sums it up and says, and the Lord is with him. And I don't know what interaction this servant of Saul had with this 15-year-old that's miles away tending sheep in a field somewhere. I looked it up. It was probably about 12 to 15 miles from the palace where Saul was to where David was taking care of the sheep, which we can do that pretty quick in a car nowadays, but back then there wasn't much communication. You could just call up someone 15 miles away or to even take a horse ride over there. probably took a while. So apparently there was somewhat of a reputation that David had that the Lord was with him. I don't know what all went along with that and how that reputation grew, but... That was the testimony that he had, that the Lord is with him. So one of the, um, I don't know what you'd call it, an attribute of David that I want to look at here is, first of all, the patience of David. And that is evident even from early on, you know, if he was, first maybe told by God that he's going to be king someday or commanded by God, and later he gets anointed, but yet he didn't ever seem to be in a hurry to go take over his kingdom because, you know, God told him it's going to be his turn. He patiently waited in God's timing. And it seemed he would have had plenty of opportunity for impatience if he was tending towards that, but he wasn't. He waited for God's timing. He waited to be anointed And he waited to become king. And even after he was anointed king, when Saul was still pursuing him, he had opportunity to take Saul's life. And you would think he could have, you know, just jump-started his career as king right there. But he didn't do that because he knew it wasn't God's time. And his patience, again, was shown in that. And even later in life, as he had many battles, and he'd come and he'd ask God what he should do, ask for direction in that, he would wait until he had an answer from God before he just went out and did, um, fought his battles. And sometimes God told him to wait until he hears a wind in the mulberry trees, and there was a few other cases where God told him to wait. Sometimes he told him to go right away. And in all of that, it seems like he had patience to wait until he heard from God. And that is in contrast to to Saul's life even right before him where it seemed like many times that was one of Saul's biggest downfalls is when he didn't have patience to wait in God's timing, when he'd take things into his own hand. And I think that can be a lesson for us when we see the value of patience and the damage of impatience. <clears throat> and then also we have the whole... Um, testimony of David with his zeal and the testimony of God being with him as a youth. It's interesting when he went to face Goliath that Saul referred to Goliath as a man of war and that David as just being a youth. And But there was a testimony earlier of some of Saul's men that called, called David a man of war, a mighty, valiant man. So It doesn't seem like he had much experience in war, yet they still called him a man of war, so I'm not sure how that all came about, possibly because of fighting with the lion and the bear. But just a testament is with him that the Lord is with him, even as a young young person. Maybe he didn't... He might have felt the calling in life, but it wasn't like he was out there winning battles yet. It wasn't like he was, you know, in a Um, a high-profile position in the kingdom or anything. He was just a lowly man back in the fields taking care of sheep. Yet everyone, it seemed, knew him as being a valiant man, someone that was prudent in matters and that the Lord was with him. Another thing we see in David's life is that of humility. It seems over and over that he took the the lowly road, the humble route. He wasn't grasping for power and fame. It seems he was just trusting in God for whatever God brought him and when he brought it to him. And when he had accomplishments, he wasn't boasting in his own strength. He was giving God the glory for it. Again and again, he would give God the glory for how he delivered him from this and how he um, won the victory over here and how he... Um, conquer this for him even though if you read the story it seems like David would be the hero but he gives God all the glory for it and even later when he sinned he bowed his heart in humility in that whole thing and very different again from how Saul's response was when um, when Samuel confronted Saul, Saul about not following God's commandments Saul was very defensive. Oh, he had an excuse why he did it. Or, you know, I was, I was worried because the people were leaving. Or, you know, I, I thought I'd save something for sacrifice. And it's very different when you see David's response. When Nathan the prophet confronted him about his sin, he just said, I have sinned against the Lord. That was all he had to say. There was no excuses, no cover-up, just humble repentance is much different from Saul's response. And another thing we see in David's life is just his total dependence on God. All through his life, we can see that he wasn't relying on his own strength, although sometimes it seemed like he did some very impressive feats with his own strength. Yet, in his own words, he was relying on the lord even in delivering him from the bear and the lion he said the lord delivered me from the bear and the lion and he will deliver me from goliath he wasn't saying that he in his own power just um was able to defeat the bear and the lion he said the lord delivered him from it when he went to battle his testimony was that it was the lord that delivered him or the lord that won the battle In the Psalms, he often speaks of his dependence on God. I'd like to read some from Psalm 18. It's a handful of verses there. Starting in verse 1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God. My strength in whom will I trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. And as again, just seeing his dependence on God, he called God his strength and his rock and so on there. And then down in verse 17, the same psalm there, um, verse 17 He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And then down in verse 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God, save the Lord, or who is a rock, save our God? It is God that hath girded me with strength, and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hind's feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy greatness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. And then on down to verse 46. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock. And let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that hath avenged me, and subdueth the people under me. He delivered me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. I will sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and he showeth mercy to his anointed, to David and to his seed forevermore. And just, I went through Psalms briefly and just wrote down some of the things that David referred to God as. He called God his refuge, his strength, a very present help. He called him his rock, his fortress, his help, his hope, his buckler, the horn of his salvation, his high tower. He called him my deliverer, my stay, my glory, my strength, my shepherd, the king of glory, my light, my salvation, the strength of my life, my shield, my redeemer, my hiding place, my king, my lord, my God. Many other things even beyond that. There's just a short list of the things that he referred to him as. And I think it's very evident from that that David did not account any of his victories to his own accomplishments or his own strength or the things that he was capable of doing. He gave all the glory to God. And in that he was totally dependent on God. And then next I want to look at some of David's worship. And it seemed like David saw the value of worship and he surrounded his life with worship. And I think because David was so dependent on God, he punctuated his whole life with worship. He worshiped God for almost every situation he found himself in in life. As a youth watching sheep, It seems like he worshipped out there with the sheep based on some of the psalms he wrote. He worshipped God when God delivered him. When God exalted him, he worshipped. When he sinned, he worshipped. When he was forgiven, he worshipped. When he felt forsaken, he worshipped. And when he felt God was near, he worshipped. When he woke up in the night, he worshipped. And when he saw creation, he worshipped. And when he faced loss, he worshipped. And when he received blessings, he worshipped. When he was distressed or cast down or in a valley or in despair, he worshipped. When he was on a mountaintop and when he was victorious, he worshipped. He worshipped when he thought about God and he worshipped when he waited on God. It just seems like in every aspect of life, David found a way and a place and a time to worship God. Whether it was in the middle of trials, or whether it was after his um, victory, he worshiped God through it all. It seems like he didn't let the difficult things in life detract him from his walk with God, but instead he used them as stepping stones to draw closer to God. It seems like every trial he faced, he just used that as an opportunity to trust God more depend more on God and, and to use it to worship God more. So that is some of the brief things I came up with as I looked at David's life and just to be able to apply that to my own life and how we use trials and things to not, to not drive us away from God, to, to let it draw us closer to God and to see our dependence on God. And my heart is that I can use those things as opportunities to trust God more and to worship more and to depend on God more. So I trust this can be a blessing as we consider who God is and what he's done and how worthy he is of our praise. And I think if um, someone with great accomplishments like David can still give God all the glory, then someone like... me with seemingly insignificant accomplishments in comparison, I think for sure we can give God glory for that. So that's all I have to share this morning. I trust it can be an encouragement to each of us. God bless.